Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Great to be with you on this Tuesday morning, four minutes past nine. If you missed any of the interviews from the first hour, the Bet365 Country Racing Hour, you need to do is subscribe to Giddy Up with Gareth Hall. So many wonderful stories. Daniel Pierce with... Acromantula there at the Valley on Saturday, winning the Carline Stakes, now dreaming of winning a Moya. Great to catch up with Henry DeWire about Brungle Bertie and that training performance there to win the Grand National Steeplechase on his home track at Ballarat. Sioni, this, this mare that just keeps on getting better to win the Leo McDonald for Patrick Payne and the story of the week. In fact, it'll be hard to beat for this year. Sage Tennille, the greyhound that no one wanted. And now she is a national champ after winning the sprint championship there at the Meadows on Saturday night. This man has been a legend in the greyhound industry as a journalist for many a year. I speak of Pete Davis and he joins us now to discuss a few issues in greyhound racing that surfaced um, during the week of the nationals. And Pete, good morning to you. That is some story of Tage, uh, Sage to Neil to, to win a race like that, named after Cody Charles's daughter and late sister his first yep. group one and he put her online and no one wanted her. Unbelievable stuff. It's quite remarkable, Gareth, and good morning. It's um I suppose in the Gallup world the takeover target story is a little yeah. bit on a parallel um plane. But for this dog I you know, I wrote in my column in the Greyhound Recorder on Sunday, the first three starts well a third start she ran uh, last and finished at fifty to one in a maiden and you know, turns that around to win a group one against some of the best dogs in the country and you know, in all fairness, Postman Pat, who, who is just a superstar, he got the second and, you know, you would think he'd run away with it from there, but she positioned herself behind him and ran over the top. And as you said, Cody Charles's story about, um, you know, his, um, his whole backstory to yeah. the name of the dog is quite remarkable. But, yeah, just the transition from maiden in after three, or maiden after men's start, maiden after three, but she won a fourth, and then, her SP profile, which people, a lot of punters take notice of, yeah. um, Gareth, is $19. And, you know, she's rarely been considered the best dog in any race. Yeah, and we, yet she wins a group one against these elite dogs. So how many, do you do you think that there's some greyhounds out there that just haven't given the opportunity that like a, tage, uh, a, a Sage to Neil has? And, and I remember talking to a few trainers, like if you purchase a dog and your dog doesn't get broken in as well as you thought, you shouldn't dampen your enthusiasm because... Um, the, the switch flick for her after 20 odd starts, it sounds like was Sage to Neil and then like a tig along Tonk couldn't get out of his own way at the trials yep. and took him a little while to hit his yep. full ability. So it does happen in the sport of greyhound racing. Yeah. Patience, um, is something that, um, I think Bart Cummings said, you know, it, you can't buy and it's very rare or something yeah. to that tone. But as it turns out, I've got uh, a very good litter racing right now and, um, my dogs break in at, at um, the Manning facility uh, in uh, Eaglehawk near Bendigo, and um, I have a sort of a point where I know what they I need them to run, and I've got um, three retirees here now, Showdown, Sunburst, and Shay, who won roughly six hundred thousand dollars as break-ins, um, oh, sorry, as race dogs, and 
terrific dogs. And um, they ran 19-2, 19-3 at break-in and around that mark. I've got a, a young girl here by WOW who ran 18-86. And it's just remarkable. But my 19-5 dogs sometimes come down to match those. And some of my fast dogs don't step up. So it's yeah. a, it is a patience thing, absolute balance that you've got to have. And you've got to understand the dog's temperament as well, Gareth. Um, Pete, there was some great racing at the Meadows on Saturday night, but there was some important discussion amongst administrators as well during the week in Melbourne for the Nationals. And I read your article in the Recorder, and it's a terrific um, piece, that, an opinion piece that you put out each and every week there and um, the Sunday afternoon finish on. And I was fascinated to read about the the challenges that Greyhound Racing faces with society basically being accepted in um, yeah. the today's world and making sure that everybody um, is made accountable so this great yep. great sport can continue on. Um, well, I think all three codes are under pressure. Correct. Um, but from, Greyhound's, from one... so, Greyhound's more than the other two codes like we saw in Adelaide. It seems to me that um, that like yeah, they have to be extra careful, the sport of Greyhound well, racing. Well, the problem for Greyhounds in inverted commas is the fact that you can't stick a standard bearer or thoroughbred in you um, – 600-metre yep. square block in suburbia. Um, a greyhound, you can. We also have litters of greyhounds and not single foalings. Um, so, but the perspective really is, Gareth, that 99% of the time, um, the general public cares not for, um, for greyhound racing or maybe thoroughbred racing, for that matter. But 99% of the time, they care about animal welfare. And that's, and that's fair. I mean, we, we've got to be mindful of the whole of life tracking that greyhound racing now has. And it's very, very important because through the McHugh report and the darkness of the um, ABC's Four Corners program back in 2015, there were lies purported to the McHugh um, Special Commission that were never redacted, were never challenged, and they were untrue, Gareth. Yeah. Now we fortunately can fight these. But they, this will not stop the people um, who are anti-racing um, uh, offering up absolute rubbish and that's what Simon Stout um, I addressed with him and at, we addressed at the um, at the forum on, on Thursday I think it was but the important part of that is also that the animal activists are not constrained by the truth I went to Vietnam and actually saw a facility at Bay Area where the greyhounds, um, the Vietnamese greyhounds are born, reared and raced from and they, animal activists actually paid a vet to fraudulently to poison a dog and say, this is what they do here to euthanize them. It was completely untrue. And I've got a document from the Vietnamese government saying they were attempting to arrest and or charge and arrest this doctor, no, NGO, but he disappeared to Laos or Cambodia and they couldn't catch him. So there's, there's no aspect of this that uh, can be qualified when, when the actual activists are going out and planting stuff and doing stuff that we, a little bit like the Ludwig case, I suppose, with the cattle exports. Yeah. Um, it's, it's it's a very tough time, Gareth. Is there is it? There's another story that the ABC are putting together as we speak. Do you know any details regarding that, Pete? I don't know the background to the whole story, but I, uh, Simon did say that he has an appointment with the ABC on 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 a story on greyhound racing. So we've got to wait to see what that really encompasses. But um, Simon is. Uh, vastly experienced in the racing world. He knows what's up. Um, we're in a, a much better place to defend ourselves. But the point is, 
you can't unring the bell, Gareth. You know, once someone says something, people believe it as the truth, yeah. and the and the, and the defence point of that is sometimes not heard. So that's the particularly difficult thing. But every greyhound person is responsible to everybody now. I'm sure in harness racing or um, the gallops, there's some cruelty um, put out or some the wrongdoings. It harms everybody, and we've we really be, got to be conscious of that. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I, if I agree. someone's doing the wrong thing, we need to put our hand up. Hundred percent. And I, I was I read your story and I mentioned this a few weeks back and I was passionate about this regarding what happened in South Australia. Now, I think especially the people on the racing game, they've been taught not to throw your, your colleagues under the bus. But those people, especially in the sport of greyhound racing, that are doing the wrong thing, are jeopardizing your livelihood, your careers, because 99% of the industry that I know, they love their animals, that they look after their animals better than they look after themselves. You walk into a kennel um, and the owner or one of the workers walks into the kennel with their black and white clothes on, the greyhounds are going off their head because they know that it's time to go to the races and they all want to go to the races. Like we need to show those type of stories. But if you're a greyhound participant and you're doing the wrong thing and you think it's still okay in today's world and you get caught and then you cause your mates to lose their livelihoods and their children to lose their dreams of competing in the sport that they love and work with animals that they love, then you should be thrown in jail and the key thrown away. But it's, it, the ramifications are far greater than that. You, you're ruining people's lives and you're yep. ruining their reputations. 100%. And, and society um, has all sorts of bad dudes in it. I mean, Correct. Without, without laws of the land, we've got anarchy. Without um, rules, we won't have jails. And, I mean, there's bad people in every part of society, but we get blamed. And, um, you know, um, you know it, it, it's malicious, some of this stuff that's coming out, that it's intended and it's, it's um, formulated to harm, yet people are being set up. And... That's difficult, but you're right, Gareth. I mean, the integrity side of things has improved massively. The um, um, the actual animal welfare is... We should be proud of that now, the rehoming processes that are in place. Um, you know, and I've got people coming back to me wanting another greyhound after another greyhound, yeah. the most perfect canine to have as a pet. But, you know, unfortunately, we, we have an odd injury on the track, which have been greatly diminished by better track design. And, and certainly in years gone by, infrastructure wasn't supported the way it is now. And we've had great um, advances in the money available to greyhound racing, which was harmed in New South Wales, as you may well be aware, through the um, intercode agreement from 1996, where we didn't we didn't get our fair share of yep. the um, cake. But it, it, it's turned around now with the wagering model changed so much to fixed odds and the point of consumption, race fields, legislation, etc., providing a better income stream. So, Pete, so obviously the welfare situation will always be a challenge there for Greyhound um, Racing and all three codes, as you pointed out in that article. And I think that we kick up for racing and what Vicky Lennon's doing at the moment for Thoroughbred and a little bit for Standard Breeders. We're starting to um, make sure we're not complacent in that area anymore because the animal activists have been vicious on social media with their algorithms for so long and we've had to play catch up. But I think we're getting there at the moment. The other issue that um, with greyhound racing is like we were probably breeding too many dogs once upon a time and we we're putting more races on um, to make sure that we accommodate those dogs. But now uh, have we got that 
balance right? Do you think that we're breeding enough for racing or do you think that's something that we need to look at as well? Well, breeding of greyhounds dived in New South Wales by 80% in 2015, 16, when the ban um, was announced. And you can understand that people going, well, I, I can't be doing this. Yeah. But it's come back to a very manageable level. And I was talking to Brenton Scott from um, RQ the other day, and I think their number, litter number, or their actual whelping total is 1,300 annually, which is um, absolutely manageable for them. I don't know the exact numbers New South Wales, Victoria, but there is um, a genuine focus on that. And the overbreeding um, is difficult to um, sort of uh, prosecute, really, um, Gareth, because litter sizes can vary from two to 12. So, I mean, where do you say to somebody you can have four litters a year and they have small litters or you can have four litters a year yeah. and you have a very four large litter? So that's something they are mindful of. And, you know, it's something that's under constant surveillance. Um, I don't think there's any neat answer to that, but we've got to be mindful of the whole of life process that Wick through their e-tracking yeah has uh, initiated. And it's a bit like when having a chat to Henry Dwyer with jumps racing is that the participants need to take responsibility in a way. If their, their jumpers aren't ready to jump, then don't jump them. If the jockeys feel that their, yep. their horse is tied, then don't put them over that jump. So you, mm -hmm. you take the risk out of your hand. I think it's the same with greyhound racing. If you, yep. um, you breed numbers that you think you can sell and sell to the right people. And if you're yep. confident that you can do that, then go and do it. But if you're not, then, then I guess that you yeah. need to have a look at your business structure. And the other aspect to that, mate, Gareth, really, in a in a the cold light of day, is selling a dog that's not fast enough for you. Is that only shifting the problem to somebody else? Yeah, 100%. So, so that that's in my mindset as well. I've been very lucky. We've bred whole litters. I had a dog one at a, a maid at Ipswich on Saturday night in thirty and eighty one, and she is genuinely the slowest dog in that litter. And people said that's remarkable. I mean, I've been fortunate, but. You know, you, you, I, I, that won't always be the case of my dogs, you know. So, but um, I've got seven retirees here. I've got one ready to go into adoption. Um, but my seven stay here with me. You know, um, that's just my cost and my yeah. um, my background to um, the whole of life process. One one girl's 13 and a half. She won the 2013 Pause of Thunder Shaker. Um, she's here on the lounge next to me, Gareth. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the way that 99% of people look after their dogs, but we don't get any credit for that. So no. that's disappointing. I, 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 I could talk to you all day. I'm, I'm fascinated with a few of the insights in the racing industry and how it's going at the moment. We'll get you on again next week, Pete, but I've got a couple more questions. Is this, yep. the, is this, is it, can this be done? And this is just me thinking and talking to a few people of late. If you breed more dogs and they're slow, can you put races on for slow dogs? Hundred percent. Well, I mean, why I don't we then? Now. Why can't we go well, like well, well, thirty-one we seconds, we thirty-two? We do. Um, I'll give you an. South Australia have time-rated races, which is lot, no different to a harness racing. Put a uh, two minutes oh five rating race on for yeah. two minute oh five race horse uh, standard breeds. Yeah. I mean, what's wrong with that? I, I was at Bayeria at the track one Saturday night in Vietnam in Saigon, Ho Chi Minh City, and um, these these eight dogs went around, and if let's say they run. 29.5 at Sandown, they ran 34 seconds. And it was quite hilarious to me. The crowd was cheering and carrying on. They went over the line together, but eventually there was a winner. It wasn't a great spectacle to my eye, but the locals were just fascinated. They thought it was hilarious. Yeah. And um, we should be investigating time-rated um, grading across the country. I, I'm, a, I'm an advocate for that. But getting the purists... You see, some people 
think the past has got something to do with the future, Gareth. We've got to evolve and think of new ways to do this and better ways to do it. And the preferential box draw that they've instituted here as a trial, whilst it has critics because seven dogs in one race are deemed railers and people say, well, this is not working. Well, it will in time. They've just got to give it time. But if preferential box draws stop dogs getting poleaxed at the first quarter by a wide runner or a railer going the wrong way, that's going to lessen injuries. That's going to help everybody whether it's veterinary costs, whether it's the welfare of the dog, whether it's dog's time on the track, whether it's their confidence, the whole range of processes that are assisted by that have to be um, understood. Seems to be working okay in New Zealand when we have a chat to Matty Clary. He he's, um, tips yep. a lot in those 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 races there when when it's the um, when the dogs get their 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 draw that should suit them. The other one with the punting dollar these days and the revenue streams. How big of a challenge is that for the three racing codes, but Greyhound Racing, especially in your eyes? I guess Harness Racing faces the bigger challenges there, but um, with the totes, like, do we need to have just the one tote to help with the pulls with the with the tab? Um, what's well, your... I think our big, I think our biggest challenge really, and you you would understand this, Gareth, that the the, the paramutual wagering dollar has crashed. We understand that, and the marketing of the um, the likes of um, the PRAs, um, the, 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 the Ladbrokes, the Bet365s, the sports bets have got in everyone's mindset. Now, the problem, I think, the greatest problem to racing is the point of consumption tax going up all the time. Now, if, a, if let's say, you or I turned over a, a random number, $100,000 a year, and the tax is 7%, that's $7,000. Now, if I'm losing, as a punter, $5,000 a year, even though I'm a loser, it's still costing that corporate entity money to have me as a customer. And that, that, is, that is crippling for them. And if you extrapolate that out, if it's a million dollars, obviously they're losing $20,000 a year. So the, the corporates are tending to not want these big punters and the big punters um, generate turnover. They generate tax so that, if they drop away, there's less tax, therefore there's less income. The politicians don't get it, um, Gareth. No, it's an interesting. I think there's a fine line too um, because yeah. you need to, with no tote, it's a different way that the revenue streams come back into the game now. So you need to work out a, a fair tax for everybody. Um, yes, absolutely. And, and, and I mean, uh, and the less tax, um, I know that... They haven't um, paid much tax over the years, some of those corporates up in the NT, Pete. I, I get that. Yeah. But I mean... Yeah, you know, I know that um, Top Sport legitimately tried to downturn their their inc- their um, turnover because they were paying too much tax. Yeah, now no. that 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 ultimately is less tax to Treasury. Absolutely less tax to Treasury, not less tax to punters. Less money to punters, so um, everyone's hurt. Yeah. So, anyway, no, it's a fine. But, um, yeah, it's a fine line that we need to get right. I don't think we've got it right at the moment, but um, no, I agree. But yeah. there needs to be more discussion with smarter 100%. people than I. But um. Yeah. But the, the greyhound racing is going from strength to strength in respect of its um, its whole integrity and welfare processes, right. which were really important, um, Gareth. And, you know, we got great support from Anthony Carbines, the uh, Victorian racing, Mating Police and Crime Prevention Minister the other day. Um, but, you know, it's, it's up to the individual, not to the politicians to make this right, because they will only act on what they see. And if we're doing the right thing, they'll do the right thing.
Enjoy your work, Pete. We'll catch up with you more often on no, Giddy Up because you're a star and I love your work there with the, the, the Greyhound Recorder. You can um, read that stuff. Just go to the Grey, Greyhound Recorder these days online and you've got your um, Sunday afternoon finish on edition each and every week. So um, it was fascinating reading this time around. We appreciate your time on Giddy Up and good luck with your dogs. Do you have a winner for us, Pete? Something out wide yeah, for the up-fast battlers. I've got... I've got a good young bitch um, in a Thursday night at Albion Park called Scarlatti. She's won two from two, and she's a long way behind the rest of the litter in uh, fitness. She had a little toe injury. She she's a, sort of jumps up on a fence and caught a, a, a pad. But she's a little bit behind them in fitness. But she's won two from two, and um, she's a rocket. Um, uh, when, when, she, when she gets down to um, her full fitness, well, I mean, she's racing, but when she, she can do better than she's doing at the moment, mate. But I appreciate your time, Gareth, too, because there's some important stuff to discuss. And we want to get the truth out there and, um, you know, let people, the general public, not just understand that the antis and the, the narcs of the world. And there will be a 7.30 report coming up and the focus will be shock and awe for them, but we've got to be ready for it and have answers. Yeah, well done, mate. Well said. Thanks for that, Pete. Thank you. There's Pete Davis there from the Greyhound Recorder. Let's take a break. It's 9.24. Bag of tips coming up next.